0: You are very welcome back to another episode of the binge eating dietitian podcast. My name is Joe. I am a registered dietitian and I'm here to smash the taboo of binge eating. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you're having a good day, a good week so far. Today I'm going to be answering a really important question. It's one that I get asked all of the time. Joe, are binge eating and emotional eating The same thing. If I identify as being somebody who struggled with eating in response to my emotions, does that mean I am struggling with binge eating? In today's episode, I'm gonna be given my advice for what you can do if you think that you are struggling with emotional eating. But to answer the question in a nutshell, no, they are not the same. Binge eating is nothing to do with emotional eating. Now, I understand there are big overlaps and it can be hard to pick apart one from the other, but just know from the onset that binge eating and emotional eating are not the same thing. Binge eating is something that is really well defined. It's defined in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, and we have a a well-defined definition of what a binge actually is and what binge eating is, and what a binge eating disorder is. When it comes to emotional eating though, there's not really any globally defined criteria. It's certainly not regarded as being a mental health condition, and it's really subjective. You may think that you experience emotional eating, but if somebody else ate the same way that you do, they might not say that it's emotional eating at all. So in a nutshell, the answer to the question is no. No but I understand that doesn't really help you because you feel like you're struggling with emotional eating and you want some guidance for that. So I am going to give three tips for how you can manage emotional eating in your life. Before I jump into that, just my usual disclaimer, please don't take any health advice from this podcast. It is just for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not a substitute for individualized support from your doctor, your nurse, or your dietitian. But if you would like to work with me as your personal individualized dietitian, I do offer one-to-one coaching with clients. If you feel that you are in the position that you are ready to stop binge eating, you are fed up with binging and you want to leave it in the past, you don't want it to take up any more of your time, energy, and life then you have come to the right place. There's a link in the show notes where you can book a free 15-minute, no-obligation introduction to coaching with me. All right, let's get into this. Here is my advice for how you can help to manage emotional eating. The first thing that I would like you to do is to take stock of what your emotional eating foods are. When you are feeling emotional and we'll talk about what emotions you might be feeling in a second. But when you are feeling emotional and you think that obsession of emotional eating is coming on, what kind of foods do you go for? If you can, write them down. Write down a list of your emotional eating foods, the foods that you go to when you're feeling emotional. Now, take a step back and look at that list and ask yourself, while you're looking at this list of foods, Are these foods that I allow myself to have whenever I want them? Are these foods included in my normal intake? Are they foods that I allow myself to have freely? Or are they foods that I have perceived to be bad or have put them off limits or don't allow myself to have them on a regular basis? The reason I am getting you to do this is because what often happens is that you create this whole list of foods that you quote unquote shouldn't have. They're the foods that go on your bad list, on your forbidden list, and you don't allow yourself to have them. But then in times of feeling emotional, let's say you're feeling angry or sad or exhausted or stressed. Because you are feeling that emotion, your guard is lowered You aren't so concerned about being good or bad. All you want to do is treat yourself. You want to make yourself feel better. You want to make yourself feel happy again. And what better way to do that than to indulge in all of the foods that you don't normally allow yourself to have? I just wonder what would happen if this list of foods that you have written down, if you Ate these foods on a regular basis, and I mean regular, not as treats, but including them in your normal day to day life. I wonder if they would still be your go to when you're feeling stressed or angry or sad or some other emotion. I don't think they would be because they wouldn't have that power anymore. They wouldn't be anything special. They wouldn't be anything desirable or you wouldn't feel like you're treating yourself because you give yourself these foods on a constant basis. The second thing I would like you to do if you are struggling with emotional eating is to start to notice the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Ask yourself, do I really genuinely feel hungry or am I just trying to change how I feel? And if that question doesn't bring up any big responses for you and you're still not feeling sure or you're feeling confused, do a check in with your hunger signs. I did a whole episode on how to notice your hunger. So I'd advise you to go back and listen to that. But what I go through in that episode is to be able to recognize what your signs of being physically hungry are. It's different for everybody. It's not all about having rumbly tummies, although that is a big part of it. People feel hunger in lots of different ways. Some people feel lightheaded, that they can't concentrate, they can't focus, that they're always watching the clock, waiting for their next meal or their next snack. Some people feel a little bit jittery or a little bit lightheaded and that the only thing that will help them to feel better is eating. And if all that fails and you really don't have any signs of physical hunger, which can especially happen if you have struggled with a restrictive eating disorder in the past, such as anorexia nervosa, it can be very difficult to feel hunger. So if all that fails, then you can just use the time since you've last eaten. And if it's been, say, about four hours or more since your last meal, since your last square meal then it's very likely that you are hungry and physically hungry, not emotionally hungry. When doing this, it's really important that you're not judgmental. So you can still feel physically hungry, even if your last meal was just an hour ago. Don't question it. If you have the signs and symptoms of hunger, then you are hungry and you deserve to eat. But if you can genuinely say, no, I am not physically hungry, I don't have any signs and symptoms of hunger and I don't even really want to taste food right now. But you still feel compelled to eat because you want it to change how you're feeling. Well, that is a sure sign of emotional hunger. Emotional hunger feels very different to physical hunger. When you are emotionally hungry, it tends to come with a very specific craving So you might have a particular craving for chocolate or biscuits or cake and anything else other than those just isn't going to satisfy you. You have a very specific craving. Emotional hunger also tends to come on quite quickly where physical hunger usually grows over time. There can even be a bit of both going on at the same time. If you just come in from work after a really busy day and you're feeling really stressed and anxious and genuinely hungry, hungry for food as well. You may find that you are comforted by going straight for some snack foods like some biscuits or some chocolate instead of making a square meal you want that instant comfort, that real satisfying feeling like you're getting a hug from the inside kind of comfort that comes with snack foods. Even though it's more than likely that there is some physical hunger present as well. I think it would be helpful for you to take some time to track when you feel physically hungry during the day. You don't have to track it in great detail, just note down at what times and at what stages of the day do you feel a genuine physical hunger and at what stages of the day do you feel a more emotional hunger, a hunger where you're trying to change how you feel. This will really help with noticing your triggers. So you may notice that You feel a physical hunger every two or three hours during the day. And then in the evening time from six o'clock onwards, you feel it's more of an um, an emotional hunger. It's more of uh, wanting to eat to change how you feel. The third thing that I would like you to know about emotional eating is that it's not inherently a bad thing. If you label yourself as an emotional eater, I bet that you think that that's a problem. The thing is, eating is a really emotional experience. Eating comes with all kinds of emotions. If you have ever felt hangry, so angry hunger, you'll know that as soon as you eat, all other emotions come up like happiness and joy or just being content. It's normal to feel a little bit antsy, a little bit on edge before a meal, especially if you are feeling strong hunger. And then after the meal, you feel more relaxed, more content, and you can just think about other things than food. We are used to using food to help us feel better when we are going through tough times. Let's say you are going through a really difficult breakup. It's okay if you get comfort out of eating your favorite foods during that time. Food and eating are emotional. It's just how they are. I think on some level we are all emotional eaters. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. When it starts to become a negative thing is if, if food is the only thing that helps to make you feel better. If food is all that you have to rely on. So think back to that example of a breakup. If you are going through a breakup and you only have food to help you feel better, well, it's probably not gonna do the job. I think you'll agree that food isn't gonna heal your heartbreak in the long term. To get through a difficult breakup, you need other things. You need the delicious food whenever you want it, but you also need a good circle of friends or family support or to engage in hobbies and things that you enjoy. When emotional eating becomes problematic is when it's the only tool in your toolbox. You have nothing else to rely on except for food. I think this sums up really well why a lot of us are identifying as emotional eaters during the pandemic. Because we are experiencing more difficult emotions like loneliness, sadness, feeling angry at the situation, or feeling grief in some circumstances. And all those extra things that we used to rely on, like friends or the gym, or going to restaurants or clubs at the weekend, those things are all taken from us. So what's left? Food. So if you think that you have been relying on food more than normal since the pandemic, that is okay, you have full permission to be leaning on food more than usual now. Lean into it, don't fight it, allow yourself to rely on food, but maybe start to think about what are some other strategies that I could use to put with food to help me feel better so that I'm not just relying on food what else could I do? And even if there aren't many options for you right now, think about the future. Think about what you would like life to look like when all the restrictions are lifted and you can do whatever you like. Other things to put with food, not instead of food because food plays a role, but to put with food to help make you feel better. Okay, so to go through those again When you are struggling with emotional eating the first thing that I would like you to do is take a look at the foods that you go to when you are feeling emotional. What are your emotional eating foods and ask yourself are they these foods that I allow myself to have regularly or are these my forbidden foods and Maybe it's possible that you eat those foods when you're feeling emotional because your guard is down and you feel you deserve a treat or deserve to feel better. See if you can start to incorporate these foods into your regular day and your reliance on them when you're feeling emotional might diminish. The second thing that I would like you to do is to start to notice the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Learn about what genuine hunger feels like for you. What does physical hunger feel like in your body? And then notice the times where it's not a physical hunger at play, but you want to eat to change how you feel. And doing this work is really good for noticing what your triggers are for emotional eating. And the third thing that I would like you to know is that emotional eating is not a bad thing. So, you might benefit from changing that narrative that it's negative to emotionally eat and that you are an emotional eater. We are all emotional eaters and that's okay. Emotions and food and eating are tightly interlinked, and that's just how life is. All right, I am going to leave you there. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. If you liked it, I would love if you could leave me a review on iTunes. And remember, if you would like to seek one-to-one coaching support with me, check out that link in the show notes and you can book a free 15-minute, no-obligation introductory call. All right, I will leave you there. Until next time, take care of yourself.